Hey, what's going on? Why am I hearing that on this phone? Hey, what's up? This is Trap with uh, Rolled 740 Inc. Uh, I'm not sure if this is working at all. I'm having some technical difficulties here tonight. Um, but we're going to give it a shot anyway and see what happens. Um, the title of this one is uh, One Year Later. And it was exactly one year tomorrow that I started feeling sick. And... By sick, I mean I felt off. I felt weak. Um, it didn't happen for another two weeks, but I just, you know, you just know when something's wrong, but you don't really, really want to admit it either because, you know, that's scary. I mean, you don't want to find out what's what's going on with you because because you don't really want to know i mean you want to know but man you just who knows what it could be and when i started feeling that way and finally i went to i don't want to say the first hospital i went to because that was a joke but when i finally got to loma linda where i was actually taken care of you know i I, man, that's where the nightmare started. And, and I mean, if you, if you go to some of my links and some of my social media, you know, like my Twitter, or, you know, Facebook and all that stuff, Instagram, you'll see photos and videos that I post up there and on YouTube of, of the disaster, the nightmare that was my life. And... Man, it's hard to think back on that sort of stuff because right now I'm sitting up here and you guys are watching me on the on the screen there and <clears throat> and you think I'm this guy's fine, right? He's healthy and and I'm pretty far from from healthy. I'm just not where I was and I was paralyzed from head to toe. Had a trach Right here, my throat had a peg tube in my stomach feeding me. And I had a disease. I have a disease uh, called Guillain-Barre or GBS. I actually have the chronic versions called CIDP. And uh, they say people that, that the odds of getting GBS are 1 in 100,000. And the odds of getting the variant that I have, Miller-Fisher, is uh, one in a million. And to go further than that, this other variant that they don't know what it's called now is like one in a billion. So I got lucky, right? I should be playing a lot of more than I already am. Um, but... I 
I was terrified. I was paralyzed. I was dying. I did die. I had machines keeping me alive. And my family was there for me. My wife, my kids, my mom and dad, my brother, my sister, friends of mine, James, Chris. I mean, everyone came to visit me. Came to say goodbye. Actually, they were told on several occasions to come say your goodbyes because that's it. And even after all that, and I, I come out of it, right? Like, I had two five-day rounds of one kind of treatment, IVIG, did nothing for me. You know, three, four-day rounds of plasmapheresis, just nothing, just downhill from there. And finally, I got rituximab which is a chemotherapy and that started to do the trick and my wife just showed me a video from from the day that Pastor Jeff prayed over me to five hours later when I was able to start to move my my right eye I was starting to move it a little and by move it a little I mean my eyelid was moving like you, you, you know you could just see that my eye was starting to move it wasn't open it was just moving and you know they say you know gbs guillain syndrome stands for getting better slowly and nothing could ever be so true because this thing as fast as it hits you coming back is so slow like a snail's pace and when i started to get better I I could barely move my my eyelid and then I you know maybe a few days to a week later I could move like my finger a little just just a smidge just from barely not being paralyzed to just a smidge it started to move you know and as hard as this thing hit me and as as rare as the one is that I have and the doctor said, he, I mean, the doctors told us you know, he's a dead man. You know, he's say your goodbyes. He's dead. You know, and then after this treatment that is for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, it's not for CIDP. After that, when I started to get better, they said, he's not going to be the same. He's never going to walk again. He's He lives in a hospital bed now for life right for as long as his life's gonna be that's where he's that's where it is that's what that's what he's got to you know look forward to and i had i just had so much anger in me still and the anger is what what got me to keep moving and keep going and it was like oh that shit hurts good give me some more i want to i want to i want to push it harder and harder and I just kept going and kept going and kept going. And I didn't want people to help me. I didn't want to feel like a burden. I didn't want to feel like, you know, I needed somebody to take care of me, to wash me, to to wipe my ass or straight cath me. And 
run a line into my genitals to the back of my bladder and suck out my urine, which was done every every four to six hours. You know, that's what I had to look forward to. So I wasn't looking forward to it. And I couldn't, to, to, to be very honest, I couldn't figure out how I was going to kill myself because I couldn't even move. And I know not, not, my family's not going to do that for me. None of my friends are going to do that for me. Who's who's going to do it? How could I? How could I find a way to have some sort of control back in my life? As short as it may be, that's that's the kind of shit that I was thinking when I was lying there and I was coming back to life. Right? This isn't me dying. I had come to terms with that. I knew that was coming. I I could feel it. I knew I was dying. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to find a way out that was on my own terms. And, and thank God that that didn't happen. I, that I didn't have control and I couldn't move my arms and legs and hell, I couldn't even breathe on my own. You know, I had, I had machines pumping air in and out of me. So for those of you that are still in that place, I I understand. I understand what that feels like, that helplessness. I know what that is. Um, and if you need to talk about it, if, you, if you're able to talk, I know when I lost my speech or lost my, you know, power of speech was terrible and And when I lost my eyesight, that was even worse. But I could still hear everything that was going on around me. So I could hear the way the doctors were talking to my family. And that scared me too because I couldn't chime in. You know. But it's a year later. And, and, and remember a little earlier I told you... They said I was never going to walk. I was going to live in a hospital bed, and that was my life. And my wife, my wife was like, that's not happening. So whatever you got to do, we're taking them home. I'm going to take care of them, and, and we need to make that happen. That's unacceptable. We're not going to let him go to a long-term nursing facility. He's not going to go die there. He's not going to die here. I'm taking him home, and I'm going to take care of him. And so... We we made that happen. I got strong enough. I, my body came back enough. I couldn't move. I would flop around. You know, I couldn't sit up. I, I had to get, you know, strapped in a place, strapped in a bed, strapped into the wheelchair. You know, just 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 a mess. You know, just that's the worst possible thing you could imagine happening to you. That's what I went through. I went to hell and back, straight up, to hell and back. And I'm still kind of there. And I'm as, as fortunate as I am to be back and to be walking with a cane now, I'm still angry. And 
I still feel like a burden to my family, my wife. I feel isolated from them all. I don't talk to hardly anybody in my, my family anymore. You know, it's like when you get out of the hospital and, and people think you're on, you know, you're, you're dying. It's like, um, you never hear from, from them anymore. It's like, oh, you're good. Cool. That was hard for us to deal with. I don't want to deal with it anymore. He's, he's fine now. So you don't talk to them anymore. And you don't reach out. You know, everyone says whatever you need, right? Let me know. But you don't want to reach out because you already feel like enough of a burden. So that's hard. And this isn't a boo-hoo, uh, you know, um, I feel sorry for me kind of deal at all. This is a I understand kind of thing for, for those of you that went through it, for those of you who are still going through it. I get it. When I came home, I was in my hospital bed downstairs and I had my medicine chest next to me. You know, I'm chewing up painkillers like nobody's business. Staying isolated from my family. Even when I could finally, you know, work enough with PT and my body came back enough. I could finally make it up the stairs, but I mean, I'd be up there for a week. If I did anything, I have no more energy and I've been pushing it a lot lately and my feet and my ankles are swollen up this big and, you know, more than I should have. I have to push myself enough to keep moving, but not, not so much to where, you know, I can't move for a few days. So there, there's a fine line there. And uh, you guys out there with GBS or CIDP and Miller Fresher, you understand what I'm saying. But um, even now, a year later, I still feel isolated. It's my birthday today, 42. Went out to dinner with my family and some friends, and that was nice. Went to a brewery in Redlands and it was all good. It was like old times. And back home now, my wife's upstairs. She wants me to come upstairs, and I'm still isolated. I'm out there in the garage. I'm I'm doing this podcast because I think it needs to be done. These things need to be said, and and that's no excuse because before I started doing this, I I still kept myself isolated. I was still downstairs sleeping in my hospital bed even though I didn't need to anymore and it's hard it's hard to find out what the answer is and I I sure as shit don't know what it is but I'm trying to figure it out I'm trying to trying to just do a little better do a little better than I did yesterday that's all that's all I can do but for, for you guys out there that are still going through this I'm still going through this. This is for life. I get chemo every three months for the rest of my life. Or I don't live. That's just how that is. But for those of you people with GBS or CIDP, just want to let you know I get it. And if you need somebody to talk to, you know, you can reach out to me on on, 
on any of those uh, uh, media platforms, you know, YouTube um, or, or all my emails up there on Twitter, Rolled740Inc. Um, you can hit me up. My phone number is up there. My email's up there. You want to leave a comment on any of these videos, by all means. My Twitter, same thing, all rolled 740 Inc. Um, just uh, let me know. And I'm here for you guys. So I'm going to keep publishing these. I'm going to keep putting them out. Um, I promise they'll get more upbeat. It's just, uh, you know, sometimes you're just, you're not upbeat. And that's okay too. It's okay to be where you are, wherever that is. But for those, of you, for those of you people, and I've talked to several people out there as I'm a part of these support groups, you know, this, you know, GBS and Guillaume Beret, CIDP, and, you know, Foundation International is a good one. Um, but for someone to reach back out to you quicker than you could probably get from them, you know, there, there's all kinds of support group on face, Facebook. Um, you can hit me up. And uh, I know some other people that would love to help you out. So so we're out here and uh, we understand and we're trying to help. So let us help. Just like I had some people help me and they still do. And I appreciate that. So I love you guys. Love yourself. Be kind. I'll see you guys soon. Thanks.